Hello and welcome to a podcast brought to you by The Religion of Aston Villa. We're a social media account on Twitter and Facebook that wants to get our voices out there and heard, so please join us. You're right, guys, and welcome to another episode. Today, we are doing a preview for the Villa-Everton match. A uh, bit of a harder opponent than uh, our last few games, but I'm not going to lie, our last, think, our last five or six games are quite hard, apart from Crystal Palace. So, uh, yeah, you never know what can happen at the end of the season. A lot of strange things do happen. So, yeah, we're going to jump straight into it. So, Villa-Everton, what are we saying? Yeah, just before we go in, as always, we normally do a poll, but this time, um, due to like work and things, I haven't been able to get the results. I've let it run a bit longer. Um, there'll still be a, a new poll question at the end of the of, of the Everton preview that we do now. But like I say, come the Everton review, I'll give the results on both the uh, the Albion review and the Everton preview results. So you will get a bit of a double double decker on that one so you won't have any poll results for this so we will jump straight into the lineup so uh how would you set up against i can see in this being quite similar to the west Brom match i can see barkley playing um i can see just i think maybe one of the wingers might be sacrificed and we could see davis up top I know people are like getting a bit like, oh, the ban, the bandwagon of Davis. He scored how many goals in how many games? Isn't that good? But you can only he can only do with what gets put in front of him. So, in my opinion, he's done all right since he get keep getting subbed on. So why shouldn't he? Yeah, um, I do. And I, I, I said on the Albion review that I'd like to see him start alongside Watkins. So. Um, I'm going to stick to my 5-3-2 that I've been trying to get in for the last seven games. Um, so I'm going to go with it again. But, um, I, I, but I'm going to go Martinez, standard. Cash is back, so that's good news. Uh, Konza, Engels, Mings target. So uh, there'll be no, full, uh, no wingers in this. Um, Luis sitting deep. Uh, Barkley and Ramsey I've gone bit of a change up and Davis and Watkins leading the line so yeah so it's a bit of a bit of a change round but like I said I think Barkley played himself in Davis played himself in uh, Ramsey deserves you know like you said we, we've been, we're kind of an holiday at the minute you know we've got nothing to fight for so let's just start blooding while we're here No, 100% agree at the end of the day it's I mean I've not looked at the table regarding if we lose our last few games, where could we drop or where could we go? Because I think we're going to be finishing 11th or 10th. I don't think we're going to be finishing anywhere else. So, yeah, maybe we should be looking at playing players that we're doing do next season or testing formations out. Um, your famous three at the back could come in or they could play <laughs> They could play two up top. It is a sort of time to do that because we're not going to go anywhere. So... Why not? I do think they need to try and accommodate Davis in it. Let's see what he can do for a full 90 minutes instead of playing yeah. him for 10 minutes here and two two minutes here. 
I don't know how we would incorporate him. Would you have Davis up top with Watkins on one wing and maybe Torrey on the other wing? I'll probably go for that option more than more than having two up top. I don't know. And then maybe change it to two up top um, later on in the second half when we're trying to push. Uh, these are little things that I'll be looking at, but I'll, I think he'll stick with either the four-three-three or the four-two-three-one. But either way, I can see Davis maybe spearheading the attack, and we will be looking at Watkins moving slightly to the side. But that, that won't ruin his game. I still think he can bring a lot to it there. Um, the midfield, you probably are looking at Louise McGinn and Barclay. I won't think that will change due to injuries um, and what we've got available. I think that's what we picked. Um, in my opinion, Louise shouldn't play. We should have Nakamba there. I think Nakamba does quite well when he's called upon. I think Louise is missing the past few games. So if we're looking on merit and sort of what they're bringing to the game, then Louise shouldn't be near it. Back five won't change. Obviously, Cash will come back in. Um, but I, like you, I think Barkley will play. And I think Davis will get a surprise inclusion. And you never know what Davis could uh, do. Defenders won't know how to deal with him as much because they probably haven't done as much sort of research on him, if you know what I mean, because he's our number three striker. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Smith does. But I don't think there'll be major changes from uh, the West Brom game. Yeah, I don't think there will be. I think we can all, like I've said a few times now, I think we can predict the lineup before, you know, well in advance, you know, unless, you know, there's any surprise of Jack return, which I doubt there will be. Um, you know, you pretty much, like I said, it was a bit of a shock having Barkley start. I think that's been one of the major shocks for a while now. Um, like I said, the, the reason why I've been harping on the, the, the back three uh, specifically um, is because I think that extra defender stopped the mistakes. Like I say, as an extra defender against the Albion, uh, we shouldn't really need an extra defender without being too harsh on the Albion. Um, but, you know, you, you stop that, you know, that you won't need to do... I'm not saying the mistakes wouldn't have happened or that, you know, the, the penalty, but you've got an extra man in there, you know, you've got a bit more safety in numbers there. Um and I will say, I think the full box are offering a lot more between the pair of them than El Ghazi, Trey, or Intrezeguet combined. You know, um, I think they're offering more attacking-wise than, than the wingers. That's why I don't like the wingers at the moment. I think that's where our mistake, that's where a lot of our downfall is for me, is just the depth in the wingers and the quality is just nowhere near where it should be. Um, going into the game itself, like I say, it's going to be a tough one. Um, how do you think it will go? Well, it's a different animal, like compared to West Brom. They're fighting for West Brom are fighting for survival, and Everton are sort of pushing for. I mean, what are they pushing for at the moment? It's it like top eight, isn't it? Because I know they've slipped recently. Yeah, yeah, but, they've had a bit of a, a bit of a bit, fall. Yeah, they're they're still doing reasonably well. I mean, like they're the eighth at the minute. I believe, gaming and on Spurs. Uh, well, everyone above them, I think, um, as of recording anyway. But like I say, if they win their next game, I think they can go top six, I believe. I believe they can overtake Liverpool. So they've got a lot to play for. Like it's, So it's not going to be a walkover. But at this time of the season, teams that are doing this, they're trying to push for the top thing. Sometimes they over-try. And they slip up. So, 
and we always give Everton a good game. Do you know what I mean? So, I think it'll be tightly contested, but we need to cut our mistakes out if we're having any chance of anything. Like these, um, these small errors just need to come out and sh- stop. And if we stop making errors, I think we'll be fine. Because let's be honest, most of the goals that we score um, are it's our own fault that they've scored them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if we don't, if we cut out these silly errors, I think we're up with a good chance. And um, if we catch them on a bad day, then it's game on because they've got very good players. But where they are in the, in the table sort of tells you where they are this season. They've been a bit inconsistent, not as much as us, but they're not quite there to push for top six, top four. And um, if they don't win the next few games, they'll they'll be like us and they've sort of not fizzed out a bit, but not done what they thought they might have done. Yeah, I mean, let's just, you know, be fair to them. They have kicked on over the years and Ancelotti, you know, is a very, very top, top manager. And um, when I saw him go there, uh, I can't remember who he replaced him. Was it Koeman, was he? I can't think he replaced. Um, when he went there, I, he just knew it was a top appointment, and he knew he was going to go there and, and turn them into a top top club. And he's he's doing that. And like you say, they are, you know, they can finish in the top six, maybe higher depending on how they go. Um, they've got some very very good good players. You know, you can't you can't take it away from them. You know, they've got England number one just to start. For me, he's not really should be England's number one, but he has done better um, the last. Well, this side of Christmas, I'd say. Um, you know, they've got Calvin Lewin, who he's been out of form a little bit, I think, but he's still a very good player. Richarlison, you know, there's a lot of players there who can do a lot of damage to us. And if we make silly mistakes, they they will punish us. And make no mistakes about it that they can they can overrun us if we're not careful. Um, you know, so we we've got to give them the respect they deserve. But you know, we can't be too respectful where we let them play. Because if we let them play, they're going to switch it on and it will be game over before half-time. However, on the flip side is, you know, we've proven we can beat these sides. We've beat Leicester, we beat Liverpool. Obviously, we, I don't want to keep talking about it. Um, but, you know, we've proved we can beat these top sides. So, we've just got to go in there and just do our job. And I think if every man does his job and cuts out these mistakes we've been happening... You know, if we can put them to the sword, you know, it might take a, it's going to take a bit of extra quality, in my opinion. But... You know they're not. You know, I don't think I don't think they're going to overrun us because we're not that bad. And like you said, pretty much every goal that we concede of late is through our own mistakes, through penalties, handballs, you know, own goals. Is it happening against the Albion? Um, just things like that. Do you know I mean, it's just costing ourselves, and we just got to. If we cut that out, you know, there's no reason why we can't come out of this with three points. No, hundred percent. It's sometimes we're our worst enemy. Because we yeah. make so many mistakes at the back that cost us precious goals, and this is when this is what happens. So, but I always find, and I don't know what it is, we turn up against the big teams and against the little teams. We get a bit arrogant and think that we can automatically beat them, and that's something that we need to lose because that's not a very good trait to have. Um, what you said about Calvert Lewin, he's on fourteen goals this season. Madness. So, do you know what I mean? Like that ain't like half bad, is it? Like it's doing very well. You have got James Rodriguez with six, uh, 
Richardson of six and Sigerson of six. Um, the top assist uh, is uh, Digny. The is it the left back or right back? Yeah, he's the Digny. Yeah, but he's yeah. got six assists wherever he's playing. James Rodriguez four assists, Sigerson four assists, Rich Richardson three assists. So it's the same sort of players in the assistant shot. So you automatically, I'm no special football scout or and I can straight away name most four players that are going to cause us problems. So if we get a gameplay right, there's there's no reason why we can't. They normally play a 4-3-3 because they normally have Calvert-Lewin up top with Rodriguez and Ricardo Sonor hanging off him. And then they've got a really good midfield of Alan Decore and Gomez. Um, I would say their weakest point is their defence, but it's not their best. <laughs> not <bad. laughs> yeah, it's... If you look at their defence midfield and forwards, I would say their defence is probably the worst bit. But that's not saying they've got a bad defence, I'm just saying. Uh, and is Pickford back from injury yet? Uh, I believe he is. Um, if, he, if he is, that's a plus for us because he's uh, he's very prone to a mistake. He's like, he's, uh, like David James back back in the day. He's starting to uh, be a bit of a calamity keeper at the moment. Any old 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 T Rex Pickford, these <laughs> tiny arms. Um, but yeah, if we go in with the same mentality as we do at the moment with all these big teams, I think we'll be all right. I think we go into a game against a big team with a better mentality than we do against a little team. Hence, why we've dropped points against so many smaller teams because our mentality just isn't there. Everyone just seems to be up for the big games rather than small games and I don't get it you need to be up for both maybe not having the crowd there isn't helping them with small games because they need the extra 10% off the crowd I don't no, I don't know I just think our mentality at the moment is everyone turns up for a big game and against a small game everyone's a bit arrogant about it and it just frustrates me because if we've won all these games against the small teams and that and then, obviously, all the teams that we're beating, like your Liverpool and your Chelsea, I mean, your Liverpool and your Arsenal and stuff, will be a lot higher. So, we've only got Aaron and got ourselves to blame. It's a bit frustrating. It sounds like I'm going on a proper rant, but I just really get annoyed that we don't turn up against smaller teams. So, that's why I'm thinking it's Everton. You might see a different Villa. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, you know, because they, they, are a, they are a very good outfit. You know, let's not beat around the bush. They are very good. And... To be fair, that, that you like, you just look at their bench. You know, I, I, when they played Arsenal, okay, they beat Arsenal. We've done the double. You know, I don't want to rub it in, but we have. Um, <laughs> you know, you look at obviously they've been in the Premier League continuously with a very rich owner um, longer than we have. Uh, and you know, you just take a look at the bench. And I think that's the difference between the two of us. You know, they can bring on, you know, your Uobis, your, you know, Josh King, who was linked to us for a very long time. You know, he's been making the bench. Uh, your Tom Davises, you know, players that would, you know, compare it to our bench is is miles better. Obviously, I understand they've been in the league a lot longer, finishing higher gets better players. Um, but that I think that's the difference maker in in what could be in this game because we could easily go out there and be getting a you know one nil argument sake and we're winning one nil and then they could bring on two three top players you can just turn the games on its head and that's something we're missing. So that's what we've got to kind of be careful of, like you said, about complacency. And we've got to have a, you know, we do play better against the bigger sides, right? Like, and it's, we kind of need that for this game because they are a big, big club. Um, 
going into score predictions, what what are you saying? Um, I'm going to go for one year better. Uh, yeah, I don't want to keep going on about it, but let's get a clean sheet. But no, I'm not going to keep going on about it, but clean sheet, please. Um, yeah, but I've got to start off. I'm going to be annoyed anyway, because we're not kicking off till eight o'clock again. So that's annoying <laughs> me, because that's going to annoy my whole Saturday now. Um, so yeah, when I find it, and it's not even on Sky either. It's not going to be BT, but it's definitely not on Sky. Um, by the look at the form table, we Everton have they won the last game against Arsenal. They drew against Spurs two two. They drew against Brighton nil nil. They drew against Palace one one. They lost against City two nil. So they won one in five. We've drew against Baggies two two. Lost against City two one. Lost against Liverpool two one. Beat Fulham three one, and lost against Spurs two nil. So. Actually, no, they've a slightly better form. So, yeah, that's why I think it's going to be a slightly even game because we're both in that same part of the season where we're just trying to get a few more points now to get us up and maybe a position or so at the end of the season. But like I said, I keep I keep using this term. The old Robin Hoods will take off the rich and give to the poor. So I think if we turn up on Saturday at 8 o'clock, um, yeah, let's get a one. Let's get a one nil win. Let's have a solid go at the back. I don't care if it's a if it's a nil. If it's a nil nil, let's just get the feel good factor back in the team. And I think this clean sheet will do it because I'll give an extra buzz around everywhere. Yeah, we do need it, and yeah, I haven't got any showbiz stats. Unfortunately, my oh. man Grassroots uh, is currently uni. Well, basically, he said he was busy in uni this week, so we haven't got you know Prince's education above this podcast. Taking the piece, really? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yeah, no. To be fair, I did give him late notice about us doing it, and he was trying to scramble. And I just said, "Don't, don't, don't panic. Just as long as you're back for the next one, we'll be all right. We'll live off Gary's. It's fine." <laughs> yeah, we can have uh, my, we my basic stats. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't got any like goal to ratios or anything. But no, I, I can't knock him. He's a good lad. Um. So, yeah. So going into it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one one. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to go one one. Um, I think, but I'm gonna say Davis is gonna score. I'm gonna go. I think Davis is gonna be our scorer. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but the fact they've got Josh King on the bench, who was linked to us for a good two seasons, is on the bench, and the snake is there with him in Fabian Delph. It just reeks of a goal that does between the pair of them. So uh, my head is telling me it's going to be one-one. And to be fair, uh, I'll take that now. I'll take a draw now against them. Obviously, I want the three points. I want a clean sheet, but I, I just think it's going to be one-one. Unfortunately. Um. Yeah. It probably will be, but again, if you tell me I want a point, we'll get a point out of it. Are we all? Are we? Yeah. Fine. Because <laughs> it's. It's better than losing at that this part of the season. Yeah, it is. We we've got to we just got to keep racking up the points now. Finish as high as we can. For me now, I've got my own personal battle with Leeds. So as long as we finish above Leeds, that's where that's where I'm at now. Obviously, Europe's in rote off, so we just need to finish above those Real Madrid wannabes because um, they they're driving me insane, genuinely insane. Um, like I said, I haven't got a poll. Results, but I can give you a new poll. I had one ready in the Ulster, ready to drop out. Um, 
So the question for this week, uh, which like I said, I'll give out this the two poll results on the review, is uh, who's had the better season, Martinez or Watkins? Um, Martinez. Okay. Um. Yeah, by by far, he's absolutely smashing it. I mean, let's be honest. Um, you don't get this many clean sheets from being poor, so. I think he's done a really, really good job and can't wait to see him next season. Um, I'm going to go Watkins. <laughs> surprise, surprise, I've gone the other way. Um, uh, I'm going to go Watkins. Um, he's, he's got plenty of goals because I was up to 13, 14 goals now, something like that. Yeah. That. Um, you know, getting a couple of assists now as well. As we said, he got one against the Albion. He got one against... Uh, Man City, sorry, uh, with the McGinn goal. Um, so he's, he's he's racking up those. Something we've missed is a goal scorer. Um, I'm not going to take away from Martinez. He's one of my fa- He's probably the favourite goalkeeper in, I've had since Bosnich for me. Um, and he he can he can overtake that. To be fair, he's here a bit longer than he was. Um, uh, and like I say, he has kept a lot of clean sheets. But uh, you know, goals is where the money's at. You know, you can keep all the clean sheets, but you can't get three points without a goal scorer. And he's been that for us. Um, and on the on the flip side, if if we didn't have Watkins, we'd be relying on Davis for the season, which might turn out to be a blessing if he carries on the way he has against uh, the Albion. But if we didn't have Martinez, we'd have Heaton. So, you know, I don't want to... He's a brilliant backup keeper. Uh, but... I, I'm happy with either to win this poll, but yeah, for me, I think Watkins, just the fact that, you know, he's come through, like he, he's, they're both running the hard way in an essence, you know, he's been at Arsenal, what, 10 years was he, been on loan everywhere before he got his move to us and Watkins has done it the same way with Exeter and Western Supermare and Brentford and I'm sure he said Smith tried to take him at Warsaw when he was there as well, so he's a proper, uh, you know, Smith's golden boy, um, but you know to break the England, break into the England team as well in his first year in the Premier League, get into double figures. I can't really ask for more than that, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, I can see why you picked him. I just think Martinez is is put so much confidence because he's he isn't just a keeper that keeps clean sheets. He's a keeper that breathes confidence into your back five, well four, and yeah, I've said since Bosnich or Friedel or even given. Just haven't seen keepers like that for for a while to take command so quickly, and they're both. I mean, I thought we spent too much money in Watkins. I thought we spent too much money in Martinez. But what do I know now? Because they're both smashing it. Yeah, to be fair, like um, my brother asked me because he saw the stars. I said he saw he watched the Alvin game with me, and he saw the the clean sheets. Um, and he says, "Who would you have, Friedel or Martinez?" And I says, "Martinez." Um, and honestly, it wasn't about the shot stopping because both are brilliant. Um, I think that, like you said, the the difference between Martinez and Friedel is, is more of a continental. He's a twenty first century keeper, if that makes sense. Like he, he's not just a shot stopper. He's not just a, a, a you know a goalkeeper. He get he starts the counter attacks. He throws the ball out to a winger or a fullback and gets gets the you know gets the game moving again and he starts off quite a lot of attacks if you you know if you take notes I'd love to see if somebody could do a stat I might get asked Graf Roots when he's back from uni and uh, to get this stat out to see how many attacks he does start if there is one because even against the Albion he started quite a few counters by throwing that ball long 
or kicking it long. And, you know, it's not like he's just kicking it into Rosie to clear it or, you know, or just down the centre of the park. He's actually pinpointing players with these throws and kicks and pretty much getting them nailed on most of the time. So, you know, he, he, that's the difference. Friedel wasn't like that. You know, he was just the proper old school keeper of hoof it down the line, it's out of my region. Do you know what I mean? Kind yeah. of keeper, which isn't bad. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But in today's game, you, I think every position has been upgraded, shall we say, because a fullback isn't just like, you know, oh, he's a failed centre half or a winger, let's make him fullback. It's not like that anymore. And I think goalkeeping is one of those positions that is in the same route. Maybe that's kind of like, you know, I'm sure Pep was one of the first people to do it with Valdez at Barca, where he was very good with his feet as well as being a keeper. And, uh, you know, Martinez is kind of that mould of a keeper. So, yeah, there's, there's, like I said, there's no wrong answers. It's just, yeah, we've got to pick one. It'd be interesting to see, actually, that might be quite close as well. Um, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I think you're looking at my top three signings this season has been Martinez, Watkins and Cash. So, um, Torre's not been as clinical as them three or consistent. He's still been very good, but you're sort of asking people to choose through two of our top two signings. So, it'll be interesting to see what people think. Yeah, to be fair, that it would have been interesting as well to to do a poll if Barkley carried on his form, you know, who, who, you know, if you had to pick your best one out of Martinez, Barkley and Watkins throwing cash in there, you know, who, who would have been the best signing, you know, from that season? Because up until his, his injury, Barkley was, was just as good as Jack in all fairness. There was a lot of games. I mean, like there was a stat where Watkins hadn't scored a goal when Barkley went on the pitch. And, you know, silly little stats like that make you think, Christ, you know, we must rely on him more than we realise. And obviously, Barkley did very well, scored the Leicester goal to win it 1-0 and did really well up until his Brighton injury. But obviously, he's dropped off massively. Um, but as you say, those, I think those two are the front runners between the, you know, first and second place. Cash has been very good as well. But, you know, some of the silly handballs and the red cards, I think it could have pushed him down a little bit you know, into third spot, which isn't, you know, to say he's come from Nottingham Forest when we both wanted, you know, talking about Max Aaron's Trippier and we ended up with him, you know, isn't that bad to say we think he's our third best. Yeah, I think with Cash, he's just learning the trade and making silly few mistakes because he's a bit of a rash because he loves it. He loves a challenge. So, um, <laughs> but you live and learn. So, I haven't lost any confidence in cash whatsoever um, he just it's a little bit rash I mean, you know and a little bit like that but that's the sort of player that he is it's fine he's won us enough games to sort of warrant having the one or two strange ones yeah he has he has he's, he, like I said he, he, I'm sure he was he was he a centre midfielder or a winger Forrest to start and then they converted him something like that and yeah. like I say he's still very even though, you know, he's not like a 16-year-old apprentice or whatever, he's still learning that position. And to say within, what, a year or 18 months with it at uh, Forest, he's now playing Premier League football on the cusp of an England call-up, if all reports are to believe, that, you know, he's not a million miles behind uh, the, the likes of Trent and... Uh, I don't think one has played yet for England. So, you know, to be up there with those who've spent an absolute fortune... Uh, obviously not in Trent or in Wan-Bissaka to get hold of him uh, and that, you know, you, you, he's doing really well, you know, to say he's still kind of an apprentice, as you said. 
No, 100%. So, like most signings this season, they've all made an impact and that's what we've not had for quite a while. So, it's really good to see our transfer policy changing and not being maybe one in every three will produce. I think this season's shown with the right direction, with the right people in place, we're actually doing the right bit of business now. Yeah, we are. We are. And like I said, Suso lost his job through poor signings. You know, everyone knows the famous stories of Ben Ramas and Mopes and that. But, um, you know, to be fair, outside, I mean, like you probably could put Traore and Barkley into the, into, I wouldn't say a bin, but, you know, the, out of, you look at the signings, you put those as probably the worst two. I'm trying to think who else he signed. Um, top of my head. Um, you'd probably put those into... Sanson's a bit harsh, to you know, to give him a bit of a rating at the minute. Um, to say, look, he's only just joined from a foreign league and then had an injury, so he's out. Um, but, you know, Barkley was arguably one of our, as I've said, one of the best players till his injury. So, it hasn't been like an absolute failed... Um, you know, tra- you know, through Langer's the director of football and that, but you know, Traor is probably the only question marks. The one you'd think that one's a bit of a strange one. Looking at it now, um, but you know, same can be said for Suso when he signed the likes of Trezeguet. You know, no one ever heard of him, or um, you know, obviously Traor we played for Chelsea and that, and been linked back to England for a few times over the years. Um, Trezeguet we'd never heard of. The last I knew of a Trezeguet was a French striker for Juventus many what moons a, ago. What a player he he, <laughs> he was, Christ. Yeah, so like I say, it's been a better recruitment window. So, as we keep saying, I'm buzzing for the summer window. Well, yeah, because hopefully we have the same sort of backing that we've had. And then uh, we can go and just fill the gaps that we need after this season. We, we know a forward needed. We know... A number ten's needed, and we know a winger's need needed, and then we we'll um, s- see what's left. Just a question for you, as oh, sometimes I throw them in. Do you think we need an upgrade on McGinn? Um, no, purely because we know he's got it, but for some reason he's just not showing it. So no, I don't think we do. I think he just hasn't turned up for the past few games. We we know it's there. We've seen it. He seems to play for Scotland really good. He just needs to sometimes transform it to us. But no, I don't think we do. We've got other defensive midfielders. When we get a new number ten, we won't need that. Um, we won't need that because we will have a new number ten. So no, I think um no, I'm happy with the game. It's just the last. I don't know the last. Five or six games, he's been a bit inconsistent, um, but not enough for me to say, oh, we need to sell him. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think we need to sell him. Um, I still think he's got a part to play. Um, I think if we can get a top midfielder, um, I would probably put question marks on his starting role week in, week eight. Um, I, I mean, I'd probably put question marks on his starting role week in, week eight at the moment. Um, but obviously, you know, you, you're still back him. He's done very well. You, you know, you can't knock him. Didn't really cost us anything, so he's not, you know, bad. Uh, he's not a bad player at all, and we love him. And you can tell the players do as well. Um, but from just a, a, a point of view of, a, as a player himself, I don't think we need an upgrade as in like to sell him or anything like that. But if we could get our hands on a top midfielder who can be a proper game changer, 
you know, like uh, Lesser do with Tillersmans, uh, you know, that's worked out incredibly well for them. Something like that, then I'd probably, oh, it sounds really harsh, but I'd probably drop him um, or at least start rotating him a bit more than what he is because he does seem to have cemented his place in the squad. And I think sometimes, I don't think any player should have that place 100%. That's you. You know I mean? That's your role, give or take. That's you. I think there should be a lot more flexibility in who we pick. And yeah, the only reason why I ask is I've, I've seen a few questions, people floating around uh, on social media saying, you know, calling him out, not not to get rid, but just to drop him. So, and that's kind of like a week on week basis, which makes me think, right, there's people calling him out to be dropped most weeks now at the moment. Does that mean we need a, a better player there? So, just a quick question for you, more so. Well, we'll see in the summer. Um, but we all know that a number 10 is needed and maybe that will shift again a bit. But it begs, I think the whole summer in midfield will be defined in what Douglas Louise does. As soon as we know what he does, then yeah. we can see what happens. Because if Douglas Louise goes, McGinn will be playing defensive midfield for pretty much the whole season, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like I said, we wanted to try and keep it, keep the minutes down on this one being just a preview. But yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, like I said, I think Louise will dictate. Uh, I think who we kind of I won't say who we bring in, but how much we need. If he stays, he goes right. I'm staying. Then I think there won't be so much of a panic. We need to get a midfielder in because we've lost one of our starting eleven. Um, not to say we're panic by, but you know, I think. I'm sure the the guys have probably got a rough idea if City are going to get him back or not by now, you'd assume. Um, but I'm sure there'll be a list drawn up of replacements. Um, but yeah, I think I was having this kind of discussion the day that, you know, there's no problem with us being a stepping stone club like pretty much 99% of the clubs are, you know, even Liverpool and everyone else. But the difference is, is how quickly you lose your best players. Because if you look at, like I say, Hampton, they pretty much lose one of their best players every single season. Brentford do. And most clubs do lose one of their best players. Summer in, summer out. But like a Liverpool, they might lose one one of their best players, like Coutinho, once every three seasons. Do you know what I mean? And then they, yeah. So it doesn't hurt the club that much. And in our past life under Lerner, when we lost Danny Young, Milner, Barry, quite in quick succession, that killed us as a club. We couldn't replace them quick enough or... You know, get the players to the new players coming in. You know, like what Enzogbia coming in for Downing and things like that. We didn't give them time to kind of settle into that role with those other better players. So, if we are going to be a stepping stone for someone like a Louise, as long as we lose arguments, sake, we do lose Louise. That's it. That the book stops there. We hope we don't lose nobody else. Um, you know, for a year or two, and then if we lose somebody else, fine. But do you know what I mean? Like you've you've got to have stability in your club. You can't buy people then within every year or every two years you start losing all your better players because you're not going to get anywhere I think um, our our setup in obviously the board and stuff won't let us lose two major players in one I'm pretty confident about about that yeah me too and to be fair I know there's a lot of talk of like again of Jack going and all this sort of stuff but in my humble opinion I think if we forget about Louise for a second because that's a different story with the clause. I think Martinez will go before Jack, not because he's unloyal, but I think because he's storming. I think there'll be a lot of clubs going. We could do with a top number one, 
you know, at some, you know, down the line. And, you know, there's always talks of like Man United trying to get rid of De Gea and not having full trust in Henderson and stuff like that. And it always makes me think, you know, there's a very good keeper. Like, whatever you think about Martinez, um, you know, he's still got the second most clean sheets. You know, he's joint top with Mendy now, I think, it is at Chelsea. And, you know, you look at their squad compared to ours and where they are as a club. It's not bad going. Yeah, I'd be gutted to see Martinez go, but yeah, I'd, hopefully he won't and he'll thank us for... Because we've basically saved his career. I mean, let's be honest, he will just be sitting on the bench at the moment. And he's yeah. came to us and he's showcasing what he can do. So hopefully he'll repay us with his loyalty and hopefully he'll stop. I hope so. I hope so. Like I say, we've got to keep just keep building. And like I said, I think it's just the squad depth at the moment. That's the issue more so. And like I say, there has been a few Smiths out I've seen around social media, which is absolutely mental. Um, I, I don't agree with it at all. And you can't really blame Smith for the slip and the penalty. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing he could have done about that. Um, and like you say, he, he's, he's changed, he's changed the game. You know, so in all fairness, like I say, I've knocked him about his late substitutions, but you can't really knock him for what, what happened. You know, at the end of the day, we had three strikers at the end of the game. We couldn't really go more attacking. No, 100%. We're going to make a transfer podcast out of this episode. It was supposed to be about <laughs> Everton, about 20 minutes about uh, transfers. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there because transfers and stuff we really need to do in the summer when hopefully we know what clubs are going up and down so we can make better judgments and stuff but hopefully you've uh, enjoyed our preview about Ev- about Everton um, a bit of a long way to wait as in for Saturday now and got to wait till bloody 8 o'clock for it but hopefully it's worth it um, thank you very much for listening and we'll get a review of the game hopefully uh, probably Sunday or Monday um, and we'll get it posted but thank you very much for everyone listening though we do appreciate it and um, we're really getting into it now we seem to have a bit more of a, a consistent following with, with the amount of people that listen to us um, a lot of people would listen to our podcast before we posted it on Facebook and Twitter so that's really good to see because that means people sort of want to listen to us so that's really really good but if you don't already follow us on Facebook and Twitter just search for us on both of those platforms. Our names will pop up straight oh, straight away and join in the fun. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for taking your time out and listening to us and, uh, up, and up the villa. Thanks, guys. See you again.